He's a teacher. He's the guider, Father. He's the instructor. Uh, he's the revealer. And so, Father, I thank you that he will, will reveal your word to us. Father, as we study your word, we thank you that he'll instruct and lead us and guide us into what you desire for us to know and to learn. And we thank you for that, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, let's open our Bibles to the book of Philippians, uh, chapter 3. We'll continue there today. And so we're getting close to the end of, of the chapter here. There's only, of course, four chapters in the book of Philippians. And so <clears throat> we'll decide where we, where we want to go from here. Uh, we'll probably continue the idea of, of doing verse-by-verse -verse studies uh, through a book of the Bible on Wednesday nights. It's to, uh, I like that format because, uh, you know, a lot of times you just kind of skip over verses. You're like, well, whatever that means, and you just go on and never really think about it. Uh, and it's hard to uh, ignore those when you're doing a verse-by-verse -verse study. And so uh, typically uh, we're actually doing that uh, as well on Sunday morning. We're not going through a whole book. We're just going through the Sermon on the Mount. We don't typically do that on Sunday mornings. We usually uh, teach on just a topical uh, study on Sunday mornings. And then, um, of course, in healing school, we, we only discuss the topic of healing. And uh, we just started a new book uh, called Bodily Healing and the Atonement by TJ, Dr. T.J. McCrossan. And he wrote the book in 1930. <clears throat> and it's really a, um, it's really uh, a, it's a book written to kind of, um, push back on a lot of the intellectualism that was coming into the church in a large way. Really, at the turn of the century, uh, from 1900s, uh, there was a lot of intellectualism that was trying to get into the church and do away with the supernatural. Uh, and uh, you know, I'm always suspicious of anybody whose goal is to do away with the supernatural. You know, they, they try to remove all the supernatural aspects of living as a Christian. Uh, <clears throat> and I was talking with somebody one time about uh, someone who goes to, I call it the first church of doubt and unbelief, uh, and they don't believe in any miracles at all. They don't believe, <clears throat> and when I say, and it's not just miracles, you know, miracles are great. You know, I think of a miracle of, you know, parting the Red Sea or turning the uh, uh, sun back 15 degrees or keeping the sun from setting for 24 hours like Joshua did or walking on water like Peter did. You know, those are miracles. Um, uh, but the Lord desires the church to live in the supernatural where we have a supernatural relationship with the Spirit of God, because the Spirit of God lives on the inside of us. He's the Holy Spirit, right? He's, he's uh, part of the Trinity of, of the Lord. And his job is to get, give us supernatural wisdom and insight into this life. Uh, and, and not just, you know, knowledge or, you know, it makes me smarter, but supernatural revelation that there, there's no other way to get that, because he said he'd lead us and guide us in all truth and show us things to come. So we have the ability as a Christian to know things before they happen. Uh, and, and we may not have to, he may not tell us all the specifics, the specifics of that. He may just say, don't do this thing because it's not going to turn out well. Well, that's showing you things to come. Uh, <clears throat> or he may prepare. You know, oftentimes he'll do that uh, if uh, somebody in the family, uh, a loved one, is going to go home to be with the Lord uh, before too long. <clears throat> he may tell you that. He's told me that before people that I was close to, uh, that their end is near, uh, and, uh, and prepare for it. And so you prepare for these things. And as a pastor, he's told me many things supernaturally about people in the church. Um, and, and, you know, sometimes it's a good thing. Sometimes, you know, it's not really good things. But still, you know, he, he tells me those things. He's told me when people were, you know, months before they were going to leave, that they were going to leave. And, and, um, uh, and, and you know, in a situation like that, well, then why don't you go confront them and, and, and warn them because the reason they were going to leave is because they were, they were getting, uh, their heart was in conflict with the things that I was teaching. And so I could have gone to them and said, well, you know, hey, if you straighten up, you know, you'll be okay. But I didn't have the unction to do that. You know, so, so all I really could do is pray for them, knowing that uh, unless they change, they're going to leave. And really, the Lord told me that because he knew they were going to leave. <clears throat> and there's not anything you can do about it. And so... Um, you know, I believe that uh, one thing, everybody leaves the church is not wrong, not in error, not, not in sin. Uh, but sometimes people leave out of ill will, out of, you know, they get upset. Uh, I told you one time, the Lord, uh, years after somebody uh, had left the church, uh, I was just thinking about him. I said, Lord, you know, why did they leave? And he said, well, they left because they ran out of toes, right? And I've told you that before, which I think is one of the funniest things he's ever told me, right? Uh, <clears throat> they ran out of toes. And so... Um, 
And so, you know, the Lord will, uh, his desire is for the church to live a supernatural life. Uh, you know, of course, a lot of times we want a spectacular life where every day we get up and the skies part and thunder rolls and the Lord appears to us in a vision. Uh, well, that's kind of a spectacular life, but the, the, the life as a Christian isn't really much of that spectacular things. You may not have many, uh, sometimes no spectacular events like that occur in your life, but you can live a supernatural life every day where the Lord heals you, where the Lord provides information to you, uh, where the Lord gives you insight into his word, where the Lord fills you with a real knowledge of his will for your life so that you know exactly what to do, when to do it. Uh, those are all supernatural things that he's promised us. Uh, and that's really what he desires for the church to have. Uh, and so it, it's a, if, we could get, if we could get to that point, it's really a good place to be, amen? Uh, and uh, nobody's expected to be perfect in those things, but um, you know, uh, we can surely do better than we are, amen? Uh, and some of these things that he talks about uh, here in Philippians chapter 4 as we get to the end of this chapter, um, he, he talks about some of those issues. And so we're really here in um, uh, verses 18 and 19, where Paul is kind of lamenting about some of the folks that were with them now. And he says, I tell you now, even weeping that they are enemies of the cross of Christ. Uh, and he said, many of these, these are many people, right? So, uh, <clears throat> so they were pulled out of the, the church at Philippi. And a lot of these people that were walking with Paul now are no longer walking with Paul. Well, you know, you would think Paul brought the majority of the revelation of the church, you know, to us. Uh, you know, there are other writers, and John and James and, and, and um, Jude and different people, Peter. Uh, but as far as the, the, the revelation of who, who we are in the Lord, what has the Lord done for us in our salvation experience, you know, the, the vast majority of that doctrine came from Paul. Uh, and yet, uh, as Paul was given this revelation, people just didn't want to hear it anymore. And so they walked away. You know, they walked away from Paul and, uh, and all the things that he was teaching. And you think, well, <clears throat> nobody would walk away from the Lord if they really knew. Well, that's not true. Paul said many of these people. And so they, they're not getting, you know, uh, uh, Andy Griffith messages on Sunday morning. They're getting, you know, real doctrine, real revelation, real insight. Uh, and yet people are still leaving uh, Paul. Uh, and so, you know, when I read these scriptures, you know, my reaction is not, well, you know, I would never do that. I can't believe these people were doing that. <clears throat> my reaction is, if these people could do it, you know, I have the potential to do it. So I'm going to guard myself. I'm going to guard my, uh, you know, if, if they left because they started getting crossways with Paul, then I'm going to guard myself so I never get crossways with, with the pastor. Amen? Uh, and, and that's something that you have to decide in your own heart to guard against because I can guarantee you if you attend church for any length of time, there's going to be something that I say that will offend you and, and, and will and will make you second guess, well, maybe I shouldn't be there. And I understand, you know, the Lord may, may call you to leave something, go somewhere else, you know, and, and that's fine. I have no problem with that. Uh, but a, a, a lot of the people in the church leave because they get mad at something was said, right? And, you know, the story with the, where they uh, uh, found, found the guy on a desert island, right? And they, <clears throat> they go and pick him up. And he's got three buildings on, on, on the desert island. He's there by himself. And they said, well, what's that, what's that first building? And he said, well, that's where I live. And, uh, and they said, well, what's that second building? He said, well, that's where I go to church. And they said, well, what's that third building? He said, that's where I used to go to church, right? And so, um, uh, so you know, that's just the way it is, right? You know, sometimes uh, some people, uh, yeah, I never heard that story. <laughs> and so, um, <clears throat> but that's the way it is, right? You know, I've talked to people, you know, they said, uh, you know, uh, and one guy I talked to, he's bragging about it. He said, I've been thrown out of 13 churches in town. You know, as if that was a, a badge of honor, you know. And, and, uh, and, you know, when you get thrown out of a church, you've got to be really, you know, you've got to be really something special to be thrown out of church. And, and not just one church, but you get thrown out of 13 churches. I mean, you, you've got to be, you know, uh, really uh, very special, right? Uh, and, and I would love to be a fly on the wall in that conversation with the Lord Jesus when they stand before him, you know. Uh, and so let's, let's start at church number one. What was wrong with church number one? Well, well Lord, you know, uh, they bought new carpet. And they shouldn't have bought, spent that much money on carpet. What about church number two? Well, it was chairs for that one. Uh, uh, and I've heard people leave for those two reasons, right? Chairs, carpet. I know one person left because they bought a piano. Uh, well, they shouldn't have bought a piano. Really, is that right? Shouldn't have bought a piano, huh? Uh, and so, uh, 
you know, how many excuses have we heard of people why they left church, right? Uh, and, and really, uh, it's, it shouldn't be about this event occurred or this thing was said. It should only be about what's the will of God. And to me, that makes everything easy, right? Are you called to be there? Yes, well, then be there. Uh, well, what if I don't like the color of paint? If you're called to be there, the color of paint is irrelevant, right? Uh, well, they shouldn't spend that much money on paint. If you're called to be there, what they spend the money on is irrelevant, right? And not that it's right or wrong. I'm not saying it's right that they did that or wrong that they did that. Uh, first of all, it's none of my business, but, but if you're called to be there, see, that makes it really, really easy, right? Then I, can't, then I can't beat you away, right? Not that I'm trying to beat you away, but uh, if, I, if, I miss, if I miss say something, and I understand sometimes, you know, uh, there's been lots of ministers who, you know, they're going one direction, all of a sudden they hang a sharp left and go to a totally different direction, and that's not where your heart's at, and but I think even in that case, the Lord would lead you to go somewhere else, amen? Uh, and so, <clears throat> uh, so Paul, you know, he's lamenting this. He's not mad at these people. He's not angry at them. He said, I, I tell you, uh, even weeping. Uh, and so, you know, w w uh, when we see people leave a church, that should be our heart it is, you know, Lord, I just really, it, it just hurts me that they've left and they left mad or they left, you know, because of this or that, or because this was said or that was done or whatever, uh, it, it, should, it should cause us to have compassion towards that person. Uh, and yet, I know uh, when I was with my pastor, one of the great failings of our ministry was when people left, uh, we gossiped about them in horrible ways. And, and they rewrote history. I remember one, one time there, the youth pastor left, uh, and then someone stood up and said, uh, in fact, I think it was the pastor. They were never any help to this ministry. It was a youth pastor. You know how much work a youth pastor does? Setting up all the youth meetings and, you know, youth, youth, you know, youth don't want to just be taught, you know, for an hour. They want games and, and fun stuff, you know, all that uh, things. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But that's a lot of work to put all this stuff together and make sure they want to go on trips. They want to go mission trips. They want to go, you know, hiking and whatever because uh, they're youth. They want to have some things to do. Uh, and I think it's fine, right? Uh, and that pastor did that. Uh, and, and he wasn't an official pastor, but uh, I don't know, they called him youth leader or something. Um, and so, but he left and, you know, he left because uh, they were just being kind of unkind to him. And, and um, you know, that's between him and the Lord, you know, why he left. <clears throat> uh, I'm not saying he was right or wrong in leaving, but after he left, you know, uh, they just, he was never of any help. That's just not true, you know? Uh, just leave it alone. You don't have to be unkind to somebody just because they leave the church, even if they left wrong, even if they left for the wrong reason. The people that have left over the years, you know, I'm, you know, I saw one in, in town the other day, one of the ones who, who, who said that some of the most unkind things to me that you can imagine, and just, hey, how's it going? You know, just chit-chat with them. And, and, of course, they act like nothing ever happened. And, and you know, uh, my flesh wants to rise up, you dirty dog, you know. Uh, but, you know, my heart's like, just full of compassion towards them because uh, you know, they got out of the will of God. Uh, it doesn't matter if, to me, it doesn't matter. Uh, it's not about le leaving or staying. It's how you left, right? If you kick the dog on the way out, it doesn't matter if you're called to leave or not. You're wrong. Amen? Um, in fact, when, when we started the church uh, years ago, <clears throat> we had called uh, Dr. Ed Dufresne. I wanted to get connected with his ministry, and so he had a ministerial organization, and I called him, and we had known each other just because uh, he had gone to my pastor's church a couple of times to minister. Uh, and so he knew the church. He knew some of the history of the church uh, there uh, while we were at that, uh, while we were with them. Uh, and, um, and so we were talking and, uh, you know, that we'd started a church and we'd like to get connected with this ministerial organization. Uh, and he said, uh, he said, well, did you leave the church uh, correctly? I think he said, did you leave the church right? Uh, and I know what he meant, right? Did you did you stand up and say, I'm taking people with me, or, you know, I'm, I'm mad, or, you know, you're all wrong, and rebuke them all and then leave, or, you know, leave the church and then call everybody, hey, you need to leave that church, come follow me. Uh, did you do any of those things? Uh, and I said, well, I, and I kind of sort of chuckled. I said, well, Dr. Frank, I said, I said, between me and the Lord Jesus, I did leave correctly. You know, when, when we left, we, we called the pastor's wife, because the pastor was gone, that, uh, had, had passed away by that time. I said, we're, we're leaving, and are you mad at us? No. Was it something somebody said? No. Was it something somebody did? No. Uh, she never did ask me why I left, but I left because the Spirit of God said it was time to go. Uh, and he spoke to me supernaturally. It's time to go. 
Uh, and so when he spoke, speaks supernaturally, then you just leave. You don't have to you know, say, well, you're wrong in doing this. And you know, there was some disagreement about things, but you know, I've been in that church for 20 years. There was been a lot of disagreements over the 20 years that I was there. And I never left for any of those other reasons. Uh, and so I didn't leave it for them because of disagreements or, or uh, uh, thinking that somebody had done or said something wrong. I left because the Spirit of God said to leave. And when I left, I didn't call anybody. He said, hey, I've left. Why don't you come follow me? In fact, one, one uh, uh, friend of ours that were still going to that church called me up after we had, we had been going to a friend of mine's church uh, for a while to, to uh, just seeking the Lord what we were supposed to do. Uh, and he said, well, how's it going up at that church? I said, well, it's going fine. He said, well, I'm thinking about coming up there. And I said, you better not show up here. I said, unless the Spirit of God tells you to leave, you stay right where you're at. If you don't, well, I don't like what's going on. I said, what's that got, that's got nothing to do with nothing. You stay until the Spirit of God tells you to stay. And as far as I know, they're still there. Uh, and so, even though I was accused of trying to, what we call stealing sheep, right? But I'm not, I'm not going to steal anybody's sheep. I'll have to answer for that uh, with the Lord. Uh, and so, um, <clears throat> so he asked me, did you leave right? And I said, well, between me and, and the Lord Jesus, I left right. I said, that may not be the opinion that you get from somebody else. Amen. Other people may have a different opinion. In fact, uh, we were told that our church was an unclean church because I left the other church, right? Uh, and so I don't know what that even means or how somebody has that particular position in the body of Christ to determine, well, your church is unclean and your church is not unclean. Uh, you know, I don't know that there's a New Testament role to, to be able to do that. Uh, and so it's pretty impressive that you can do that without having a, a, uh, uh, any, any kind of uh, charter from the Lord to be able to have that role. Amen. Uh, and so, <clears throat> so uh, I don't really care, right? I mean, you know, you say whatever you want to. I don't lose any sleep over it. Uh, so, uh, so I would encourage all of us, you know, when, when uh, uh, anytime people separate themselves from this ministry, our hearts should go out towards them. Uh, even if they leave for good reasons, you know, uh, still go out towards them because we want to miss them. But, it, but if they leave in the wrong attitude, the wrong, wrong reasons, our hearts just still go out towards them, uh, and, and it should break our hearts because anytime you get out of the will of God, and, and we should be careful of not deciding what the will of God is for somebody. Well, it's not the will of God for them to leave. Well, how do you know that? You know, you may not have wanted them to leave, or maybe they got mad, but, you know, maybe they weren't even supposed to be here to begin with. Um, uh, and so I'm not going to second-guess anybody in that. You know, sometimes the Spirit of God will show me things, and, and that's fine if he does that. As a pastor, I think he would be within his right to, to tell me that, whether it's, it's someone's, uh, whether it's, it's the will of God for somebody to leave or not. And, you know, um, sometimes he has me go chase people down. Sometimes he has, has me not to go chase people down. You know, don't go talk to him. <clears throat> and you think, well, that's really odd. Well, that's between him and him, right, if that's what he says and does. Um, and um, you can go back to the parables in Luke 15, uh, and you've got the parable of the lost sheep, the one in 99. What did he do for the one that was lost? He went and found it, right? What did he do for the, for the lost coin? Went and found it. What did he do for the prodigal son? Nothing. He waited for the prodigal son to come back. So that just tells you there's no law, right? That, that just tells you that you don't always go chase the prodigal son down. Sometimes you have to wait for the prodigal son to come back, right? And so how do you know? Well, you know by the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God will tell you sometimes you chase him down and sometimes you don't, right? Uh, and so uh, some, if someone gets mad because I didn't chase him down, you know, you might want to ask the Lord, you know, why didn't, I, why didn't he chase me down? And, uh, and, um, but I would, only, I would encourage you to only ask that if you really want the answer, amen? And so um, you've got to be careful, amen? Uh, but, say, but, but our hearts should be uh, any time that anybody separates themselves, not even from this church too, but even from the, from the Lord Jesus, because these people left the Lord Jesus, right? Not just the church at Philippi, but left the Lord Jesus and it became enemies of the cross. And Paul uh, is weeping uh, because of their separation, uh, because he knows in this case uh, it's serious uh, because they are now enemies of the cross of Christ. Uh, and he said, whose end is destruction. We talked a lot about that, that, that these people have committed the sin of the death and will not uh, make it to eternity with the Lord for whatever reason, right? And, and so you've got to be pretty mad or pretty uh, um, uh, deceived to get into this position, right? You've got to get to a point where you really just don't want any part to do with the Lord Jesus. And I don't know how you would get to that point, right? Because the Lord Jesus is only perfect and, and desires good things for you. 
Uh, and so we talked about several of these things. We, we talked about last week about whose glory is their shame and the crazy world we live in today is this verse right here, right? But the, the thing that I wanted to reemphasize too is uh, these, these uh, failings here that uh, are enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end destruction, whose God is their belly, whose glory is their shame, is the church. So he's not talking about worldly people. He's talking about people in the church whose glory is their shame. Uh, well, 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 all these crazy things we see going on, I mean, you know, all the stuff on TV that you can't even hardly discuss in polite company, this originates in the church oftentimes. The, the craziest sins oftentimes will occur in the church. Uh, and, you know, we see it today, right, where, where, the, where the whole Methodist church is splitting up because they want to ordain lesbians in the pulpit uh, and, and, and to have uh, same-sex marriages. And, and all the normal people are like, what? <laughs> like something's wrong with this picture. All the regular folks are like, you know, this is kind of like against the entire Bible, right? Uh, and, and then uh, the, the people who, the leadership that are uh, promoting these ideas are like, what are you talking about? They all act so ignorant, like, you know, oh, we just got to walk in love. We do have to walk in love. We can walk in love with people that are not perfect in their life, amen, and we should, but we don't promote that, and we don't approve of it, and we, don't, we sure don't glorify it, and yet that's what they're doing, amen? Uh, and in fact, we'll probably talk a little bit about that on, on Sunday morning, uh, where the, the distinction in judgment is, uh, if the Word of God is clear about something, you're not judging somebody. If you say, well, that's wrong, because the Bible says that's wrong, well, you're not judging somebody, the Word of God is judging them. Now, if you go beyond that and say, then, you know, you should die and go to hell, well, now you're standing in a position of judge that doesn't belong to you because is that your call? Is your call to send anybody to hell? And yet people do it all the time in the church, you know. The only thing, the only thing I, there's only two ways to get to hell. One is never accepting the Lord Jesus, and then you, go, then you die and go to hell. Two is you become a Christian, become mature enough to, to also then reject Jesus, and then you'll still go to hell. And so it's only about Jesus. It's never about any particular sin that you commit. And yet, <clears throat> we will stand in, people, in judgment of people all the time. Uh, and uh, if the Word of God is not clear, then we just leave it alone. Uh, but oftentimes, we think we know what the Word says, and we get so dogmatic about some minor point. Well, if you've got long hair, you're definitely going to go to hell because the Bible says don't have long hair. Well, it does, it, uh, I mean, it does say that, but then the question is, well, how long is long? Right? I mean, my hair's not long. Is your hair long? I don't know. I mean, if your hair's longer than mine, is that long? I mean, you know, uh, I only see one person here's hair might be shorter than mine, but uh, <laughs> so the, the, probably the rest of you are on your way to hell, right? Because you're all in sin. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, are we going to measure that? What's the, what's the length? Well, there's no length. The length is when you wear your hair to intentionally look like a girl, right? Now, in the 70s, uh, anybody remember the 70s, right? So I, I was kind of young for the 70s, but I had a bunch of older brothers and sisters who were, you know, high school and graduating high school in the 70s. So they had all the, you know, by law, you had to have long hair. Did you have long hair in the 70s? You didn't have any hair? <laughs> uh, and so, <laughs> anybody else have long hair in the 70s? I didn't have long hair. You had long hair, yeah, okay. Um, and so, but it was a thing, right? Remember long hair in the 70s, right? And then the big, big collars, remember big long collars, big wide lapels? By law, you know, it was like in dark ages of fashion. Uh, and so, but a lot of people in the church thought if you had long hair, you, you know, you're going to die and go to hell. Well, you know, I mean, it's the same thing with women wearing pants, right? Or, or skirts that are too short. And, and well, how long is too short? How short is too short? I mean, you know, what's the length? Uh, we all know it when we see it, right? And we, we, we regret that we see it sometimes. Uh, and so, of course, other times we may not regret that we see it. I mean, it's like, wow, you know, but that's... Uh, uh, I mean, some people, they got it, they flaunt it, you know, but some people got too much of it, and you should hide it. And so, uh, I mean, we're going to get way out of, uh, out of the, down the wrong path if we go down too far. Uh, and so, <clears throat> so, if it's not clear, just leave it alone, right? And if it's somebody walks in, and, and, you know, and I've told some of the youth before at the church, not here, but with my pastor, you know, they wear some shirt with some vulgar statement on it. It's like, wait, you know, come on, really, you know, a beer shirt or, you know, some, some cuss word on it, you know, or some, some suggestive phrase on it. It's like, really? I mean, you know, well, I never knew there's nothing else to wear. I, I, that's not true. Just turn it inside out, right? Wear it that way. Uh, but, um, <clears throat> and look, I don't care what people wear, but if you're going to wear something vulgar, you know, then that's an issue, amen, right? And so, 
well, you, what, what, what can people wear? I don't care. I, yeah, I really don't care. Just wear whatever you want to wear as long as it's decent, right? Uh, and then that, that's, that's all that matters to me, right? Well, it's not decent. I don't know. But if it's, if it's obviously not decent, we will know, amen? Uh, and so in and, and that way, to keep everybody on the edge, well, is this decent or not, right? Uh, and so anyway, it, it's, uh, uh, if you know, if the word of God is clear, uh, you know, don't steal. Does the word of God say don't steal? Well, sure. Well, then it's okay to say, well, that's wrong. You're not judging them. The word of God has already judged that and said that that action is wrong. Uh, and again, where we get into error is when we go beyond that and, and we, we then stand in a position of judge of what should occur because of that, right? We say, well, then you shouldn't go to church or you should be thrown out of church. Or, well, you know, I mean, I've had people say that I should throw people out of church because they're doing things, certain things wrong. Well, see, that's standing in a position of judge that doesn't belong to them because... Uh, uh, well, you know, we don't get too far down that road because uh, we'll actually cover some of those things on Sunday morning. We'll see how the Lord Jesus dealt with some of those things. You know, and I think he, his is a great uh, balance to find in those things. And so uh, <clears throat> he said, whose glory is their shame. This is in the church, right? Whose glory is in their shame. And there are just people who hate God even in church uh, and, and desire to, um, to, to shame God the gospel, shame the Lord Jesus in their actions and their words. Uh, and, and to me, it's, you know, I, people have got to be so ignorant to, uh, and have no fear of eternity to do things like that, and yet they're doing it every day. Right? I mean, the whole, the whole argument about, about it's okay to, to uh, ordain uh, lesbian ministers in your church. How, how, how do you not fear God to do that? You know what I'm saying? I mean, uh, you know, there, uh, people argue about whether, whether it's okay to have a woman as a minister or not. You know, I mean, as far as I can tell in the Word of God, I, I, I don't see anything wrong with that. You know, the, in the Old Covenant, there's plenty of ministers. You know, there, in fact, there was one time there was a, um, we mentioned Josiah the other day, uh, one of the, the second, probably the second best king of Israel. They went to the prophetess, a woman, and said, what's the Lord saying? They said, here, thus saith the Lord. And so she told them what the Lord said. You know, as, as a prophet. Uh, and so if you can have Old Testament, remember Deborah was the, was the judge of, of Israel for a while. Um, uh, and then you've got New Testament people. Who was the first one to, to testify of the Lord, to preach the gospel? It was Mary, right? The women. Uh, and and who, who was the first ones the Lord appeared to? The women, right? Well, why'd you do that? I, you know, my opinion is to stick his thumb in the eyeballs of the uh, the uh, uh, chauvinistic men, right? <laughs> and so uh, he could have not appeared to them first. He could have appeared to the, to the important apostles first if he wanted to, but instead he appeared to the women first. Uh, well, why'd he do that? Well, you know, so we would quit being so hard on the women all the time, I believe. Uh, and so uh, whose, whose glory is their shame? And he said, who mind earthly things? Uh, and so, you know, the uh, earthly things. Now, where do we live? We live on the earth, right? Do we need to mind earthly things? Well, we do, right? When we've got to eat, we've got to sleep, we've got to put gas in the car, we've got to go to the grocery store. I mean, we just got things to do in this natural world, amen? So he's not talking about that we, that people who do natural things, but let's see what he does say in Romans chapter 8. We'll see the, the, uh, uh, the distinction here of what he's trying to get to. So in Romans chapter 8, he's got a good... Uh, dissertation uh, on this very topic here. So, of course, uh, Romans chapter 8, the whole chapter is a great chapter. <clears throat> uh, and so, um, let's start here um, in, verse, uh, in verse 5. He says here, uh, For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. So the question is for you is, what are you after? I'm, you know, what are you pursuing after, right? So something's ahead of you, you're after it, you want to get to that thing, your goal is to, is to arrive at that thing. What are you after? Uh, and so he said, they, those that are after the flesh, there are people, now, who was the book of Romans written to? The church, right? So he's talking about people in the church who are after the flesh. Uh, and, and typically when we see the word flesh, um, he, 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 well, in verse, at the end of verse 3, he talks about, condemn sin in the flesh. 
So usually when you see the word flesh, it's talking about your carnal nature, right? Your sin nature. Uh, and so it's not just natural things, but just uh, more than that. And there's a lot of people in the church who like to kind of play both sides, right? They like a foot in the church, but also they like to do some, a few sinful things on the weekends, you know, just on Saturday, because Sunday, you know, you've got to sanctify Sunday. Uh, but on Saturday, you know, no holds barred uh, and, and just, uh, and just uh, you know, flesh out. Uh, and he said, uh, they that are after the flesh do mind or, <clears throat> or contemplate or think about or prioritize the things of the flesh. They that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. So what are you, what are you mindful of? Are you mindful of, uh, I mean, as far as your pursuits, what's your desires, what's your goals, what, do you, what are you trying to achieve? Are you trying to achieve only, you know, whoever dies with the most toys wins? Uh, well, then you're kind of after the flesh, right? If you're, Lord, I, I need more revelation. I need to understand more of how you work. I need to flow more with your spirit. I need to be told some supernatural things. Well, then you're mining, you're after the things of the spirit. But he continues on here. He says, for to be carnally minded is death but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. And so now he starts making a, 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 a even stronger distinction here. Uh, uh, that word carnally minded, you know, when we think of carnal, we typically think of, of dark sins, right? Typically sexual sins and that. Uh, but the word carnal really means natural. And so you could replace without changing it, changing the intent of the scripture there. For to be naturally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So if your entire mind, if ever you think about it, is, is all your goals, all you dwell upon is just this world, your job, uh, in your house, in your yard, and your trees, and your cat, and your dog, you know, if, if, if that's your whole goal, that's what you want to think about all the time. Now, where do we live? We live here on the earth, right? So do we have to consider things in this natural realm? Sure. Do we have to consider painting the house and mowing the yard. We have to do those things, amen? Uh, it's just part of life, amen? You can't get, around, get, get away from considering natural things. You've got to eat, you've got to buy groceries, you've got to fill your car up with gas. It's just things you've got to do, right? Uh, and, and they're not sinful things. But, and so Paul's not trying to say that, uh, you know, you can't consider natural things ever because we live in the natural realm. So there are natural things you've got to do. So, of course, some people, they try to be so spiritual that they're of no value in this world, right? They come to church and, you know, uh, they don't want to do anything in the church. They just want to, well, they just want to do shundai, shundai and be spiritual. And, hey, I, we're going to paint the walls on, on, on Saturday. No, I don't do stuff like that, you know. Hey, we're going to clean the church on, on uh, Tuesday. No, I don't do stuff like that. Hey, we're going to straighten up the chairs. You know, no, I don't do that. You know, they never do anything. And then it's natural. It's just spiritual. Amen. Uh, and so... <clears throat> Uh, one minister said they're so spiritually minded there are no earthly good uh, where do we live we live on the earth amen so we have to find the balance so the balance is uh, what is your what's your all-consuming thoughts right if if you are only consumed with natural thoughts then Paul said to be carnally minded is death now he who is he writing this to he's writing this to church so he's not talking about spiritual death because you know, you're not rejecting the Lord Jesus to do that. You're just consuming your entire life and all your energy with this natural world. If you're born again, you're on the way to heaven. But all that's really important to you is the car you drive and, you know, the house you own and the color paint that you've got uh, on the walls. And so uh, what he's saying there is there, there's several different definitions of death. And, and I believe that the most, the most accurate definition for this particular verse is uh, a life without power. So that's death, right? Uh, now, <clears throat> how many Christians do you know have no power in their life? They can't pray for anything. They've never received any uh, supernatural blessing from heaven. Uh, they don't get any revelations from the Lord. The Lord never speaks to them. Uh, it's just they have no power. If they get sick, they don't know how to pray to get out of it. If, they're, if they have a bill coming, they don't know how to pray and get the, the finances to, to pay for that bill. Uh, if they're stuck in a situation, they don't know how to pray and get deliverance out of the situation. They don't know how to do anything spiritual. Uh, and so they live a life without power. Well, that's, that's a big part of the church. On their way to heaven, if they died today physically, they would go to, straight to heaven, right? No doubts about that. But Paul said to be carnally minded, to be naturally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. And that word life there is zoe, that's the God kind and the God quality of life. So wouldn't you like to have the God kind of life, the God quality of life? 
Well, you do that by being spiritually minded. Uh, and so what you'll find is people that are spiritually minded find the balance between the natural world and the spirit world. People that are carnally minded have no concept of the spirit world, and people that are only spiritually minded have no use in the, in the natural world. Uh, and so you can't get them to do anything. Uh, and I've known people, I've known plenty of people like that over the years. And, you, you, you know, where do we live? We live on the earth, right? And I keep repeating that because if we live here, then we have to operate here. Amen. We have things to do. Amen. Uh, and, and in the natural realm. Uh, and uh, there are a lot of people who need help in the natural realm. You know, some people, you know, well, you got to go help them move. You got to go help them mow the yard. You got to go uh, feed them. You've got to go, you know, you got to put clothes on them. There's, there's natural things that we have to do as a church. Uh, and so if all we only want to do is pray for people, you know, James talk, talks a lot about that, right? They come to your door and, and they're, they're, they need food and, and you just say, bless them. You know, he said, your, your religion is of no value. You know, uh, because you didn't help them in the natural world, right? Remember the sheep and the goats? Jesus said, you didn't, you didn't clothe me, you didn't feed me, you didn't come visit me when I was in jail. Well, those are just natural things, right? Uh, and if all we ever want to do is pray for the salvation of somebody, but we don't want to help them when they're in jail or in a bind, or we want to uh, feed them when they're hungry or clothe them when they're naked, James says, you know, what's the point? Amen? Because some people, they can never get to the spiritual realm until you fix a few things in, in, in the natural realm. And that's fine, right? Sometimes you have to do that. Sometimes you have to get people stable in, in this natural world so they can then have the ability to hear from heaven. And that's part of the deal, amen? Because that's where we live. We live here in the natural realm. So the balance is a spiritually minded person is the spirit's always the, the most important thing, but the spirit will inform you what to do in the natural world. The spirit will inform you to go and help that person. The spirit will inform you to go feed that person or go help them move or go fix their car or go, you know, uh, I, I, you know I've observed over the years, some people have great talents and ability, but they will not share that talent and ability. They know how to do whatever, right? Uh, you know, I'm pretty good at computers, and if, and if uh, uh, you come and ask me, hey, can you fix my computer? You know, I'd figure out how to fix your computer for you, if it's something I can do. Uh, I wouldn't be like, no, I don't, you know, I get paid to do that, I'm not helping you, you know. And it, will people take advantage of that? People will take advantage of that, and if they're taking advantage of that, you know, no doubt the Spirit of the Lord will, will uh, slow walk that person, right? If they're just all the time, you know, just taking advantage of a situation. And so you don't have to feel like, well, you know, you just got to uh, be used by people. You don't, you're not required to do that. Uh, sometimes uh, people come to Jesus, hey, you come to my house. He said, I'm not coming to your house. Remember he did that? You know, uh, he, said, he just said no. Well, sometimes it's okay to say no, but uh, it, you say no by the direction of the Spirit of God. And you say yes by the direction of the Spirit of God. So the, so the be spiritually minded is... Uh, the Spirit of God will inform you what to do in the natural realm. And see, if you can learn to live that way, it's a great way to live because there's a lot of people come walking that door as a church needing help. And sometimes the Spirit of God will say, well, help them. Sometimes the Spirit of God will say, don't help them. So I'm under no pressure. If the Spirit of God says no, well, don't you feel bad? No. Well, you're just cold-hearted. I'm, not, I'm neither cold-hearted or not cold-hearted. It's just, you know, I'm spiritually minded. Now, why, why is the answer no? I don't know. I mean, maybe they're, maybe they're lying. I mean, you know, you know how many people probably lie to me when they come in saying, tell me the story? You know, I had one lady come in. Uh, she's parked in the gravel parking lot, right? Not in front of the church, but maybe, maybe on the side. I don't know. But, uh, but anyway, 20, 20 feet or so from the door, she walks all the way in. I'm over here. She said, I've got stage four lung cancer. I need help. You've got stage four lung cancer, and you walked from your car to here, and without an oxygen tank and a, and a crutch or, or wheelchair, you're amazing. No, I can't help you. You know, I mean, so there's lots of times when, when uh, uh, people walk in and you just said in your heart, you know, I can't help you. Because if you start out with a lie, you know, there's, now, the, is the Lord merciful? I've given a lot of money to people I knew was lying. I've helped a lot of people I know just flat out lying like a dog, right? I mean, just... You're lying and you're making that whole story up, right? And Lord be like, help him anyway. Okay. Well, you know, it, uh, well, how did it help him? I don't know. All I know is the Lord says to do it, so you just do it. So I don't even think anything about it. I just, you know, if the Lord says do it, I do it. If he says no, I, I don't do it. 
Uh, and, uh, and, and to me, it's really simple. Amen? If I have an unction to help, I help them. See, that's the spirit. That's, that's finding the balance between the spirit realm and the natural realm. Uh, and, and that's where we need to be. Amen? If it's only in the, in the natural realm, then no matter who walks in the door, you'll help them. Well, then, you know, there, there was a time when we helped a few people, and like every one of their cousins, brothers, sisters, you know, mailman and, you know, friends uh, and friends of the mailman came like the next week. Hey, they got the deal. We want that deal. No, you don't get that deal. They're like, well, well you, they got the deal. Yeah, you don't get the deal. Well, why not? Because the Lord didn't said to give them that deal. He didn't tell, tell me to give you that deal. Well, we want that deal. You're not getting that deal. Well, what kind of a church is this? It's the church of, of the Lord Jesus is what kind of church it is. Amen. Uh, don't you feel bad? Not even a lick. Not even a hair. And so that's, that's a nice thing about just do what you're told. See, I just do what I'm told, and it makes it really easy. Amen. Uh, but he said, to be carly minded, to be naturally minded only is, is a life without power. How much of the church is living a life without power? No power whatsoever, right? Uh, and so, uh, and then he goes on and gives us more details. Uh, of course, he said to be spiritually minded is Zoe life, right? So to be spiritually minded is, a, is the living in the God kind and the God quality of life. That's a great way to live, right? Full of peace, full of joy, happiness all the time, not depressed, sad, you know, overwhelmed. Uh, and it's a great place to be, amen? Uh, but he said, because, in verse 7, he said the carnal mind or the natural mind is enmity against God. That word enmity means hostile. You know, the natural mind is hostile towards God. The Lord would say, well, I need, you to, I need you to go help them. I'm not helping them. I need you to, to, to give your last dollar to that person. I'm not, I can't do that, Lord. Uh, I, I need you to go and pray for the person. I'm not doing that, Lord. Don't you know what they've done? I, I need you to just be kind to that person. No, Lord. Uh, did you see uh, the two boys holding hands? I can't do that. You know, I was here one day, and, and, and uh, uh, some folks that were no longer here uh, were just talking to me about, that. hey, we were in town the other day, and we, we, saw, we saw these two guys holding hands. Uh, and, you know, not my favorite thing to say, see, right? But the reaction was, and it just disgusted me. See, I, see, I think that's where we get into error, right? Now, when, if I see that, it's like, I don't want to do that, you know, because, I mean, men are gross, right? Why would I want to hold their hand? Uh, it's amazing uh, women ever marry men, right? I don't know how that happens, but because men are gross. Uh, and so I don't even know how you ever become a homosexual as a man because men are gross, but that's another whole discussion. Uh, but I, I can say that without any ill will in my heart towards, towards them, amen? But see, they were, they, it repulsed them, uh, and I'm thinking, well, what if the Lord asked you to go help them? What if the Lord just asked you to, to be kind to them? Just say, you know, have a great day, and nothing else. Well, I'm not doing that. Well, it's because you're carnally minded, right? You're naturally minded. You only see the natural realm. But that, those two people, uh, as much sin as they're in, uh, and, you know, I understand that, you know, some sins... From a, from a natural standpoint, can be repulsive, but you've got to be able to see past that to the spirit person that's inside that flesh. That spirit person needs eternity. And if all we see is the flesh, then we're carnally minded. So we have to be able to see the spirit behind that flesh, because if we see the spirit behind the flesh, then compassion can rise up, and then if the Lord asks us to help them to assist them in some way, then we can do that. Uh, and we have to sometimes press through the, the, the repulsiveness of their sin, uh, and I understand that, but uh, there was no compassion in that person's heart when they were talking about that. The, the, now, were they in sin? Well, sure, they're in sin, right? And is it sin that, that you know, uh, you know if the, I'm not seen in the realm of the Spirit, but I know people that, that I would trust that have seen in the realm of the Spirit, and they said specifically that particular sin of sin of homosexuality, they said it, it's so despised in the realm of the Spirit, even many of the other devils don't want to have anything to do with those spirits of homosexuality. And so, you know, it's, uh, the Bible talks about unclean spirit. It's, and typically when it's talking about unclean spirits, it's oftentimes talking about uh, specifically homosexuality. Uh, and so, yeah, they are unclean. Amen. Uh, but what's our job? Our job is to be spiritually minded. Amen. Uh, and so he said, uh, because the carnal mind, the natural mind is hostile towards God. So now he's, who's he writing this to? writing this is the church, right? So is it, is it possible for a Christian to be so naturally minded that they are hostile towards the Lord? Well, sure they are, right? 
mean, you can see that it's a little bit different example, but you can see that with the Pharisees. When Jesus showed up, the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, the very Son of God on the earth, what was the general reaction of the Pharisees to Jesus? They were hostile towards him. Now, why? Because they were just naturally minded. All was important to them was their position in the community, their position with relation to Rome, uh, their, their status in, in the uh, Jewish synagogues or the temple. Uh, and those were the only things that were important to them, right? Uh, and I know people, and you know people too, that all that matters to them is what's their name in the community? You know, uh, do people know their names? Do people know their position? Do people know their titles? I mean, who cares, right? Who cares? Uh, and uh, uh, well, you need to you need to saddle up next to those people that are in, that are in good in the community. I, I, I serve the king, the king. Uh, who are you, right? I mean, I, you know, that's why you know. I mean, I, I I know the mayor. I know some of the the city council members, and I know you know uh, some of the other people in town. I mean, they're just people to me. I mean, I can honor their position. I got no, I'm not disrespectful to them. But I serve a king, the king. Everybody else is below that, amen? Uh, and I know some people, you know, I, I, I'm like, you know, whatever title, I don't want to give a title because then people, they think you're talking about them. Uh, whatever title they have, they think that that elevates their value in humanity. Well, it doesn't, you know. Uh, I mean, you could be the president of, of whatever, even the president of the United States. He's still a human being, amen? Now, I could honor him. Amen. If he showed up on my doorstep, uh, I'd, I'd be respectful to him. I'd call him Mr. President, you know, even our current president, right? Uh, and I could call him Mr. President. Uh, I don't have to agree with anything he says and, or does, but I can still honor the, the position that he stands in um, and, so, and not feel bad about it. Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even call him Mr. President. I would, just, I, would, I would call him Joe. Well, then, you know, it's because you're carnally minded. Amen. If you're spiritually minded, you can see the position that was ordained by God, and you could still call him Mr. President and be okay with it, right? Uh, you know, when President Trump was a president, I, even to this day, it's like, I never could figure out why people hated him. I mean, if you didn't like him, you, you didn't just like him, you hated him. And, and I asked a couple of people, why do you hate him so much? Well, you know, because he tweets. Like, really? That, that's it? Well, he's got orange hair. I mean, okay, I don't want orange hair, but I mean, you know, but, and I never could figure out why they hate, I mean, it was hatred, right? Like, like vitriol, like I'll spit on you and kick you in the head kind of hatred, right? And I never could understand, understand why they hated him so much because, you know, he was kind of a, I thought from a, from a policy standpoint, he was a slightly above average president. Uh, and yeah, I mean, he was rude to a lot of people, you know, called a Kim Jong-un from uh, North Korea, rocket man, you know, fatso or whatever. And, I mean. You know, he'd call people, to, like he's 12 years old, right? Uh, now I could look at him and go, wow, he acts like a 12-year-old, right? And he even says he ate like a 12-year-old, Twinkies and, you know, uh, uh, whatever, ding-dongs. And I mean, he ate like a 12-year-old too. Uh, but I could say that without any animosity in my heart, amen? But if he showed up at my doorstep, I'd, I'd uh, good to see him, Mr. President. Uh, and so, uh, because if, if, we, if we get focused on the natural world, any of us, could become hostile towards the Lord. If we get so naturally minded, any of us could become hostile towards the Lord. Uh, and especially, you know, when, it, when it's being hostile towards the Spirit, that means anything related to the Spirit, you become hostile towards. How many people in the church as a whole are hostile towards miracles? How many people in the church are hostile towards uh, healing? Hostile towards supernatural, uh, hearing the supernatural voice of the Holy Spirit? How many people are hostile towards that? You know, I started telling you about the, the person I knew who goes to the First Church of Doubt and Unbelief. Uh, and um, I said, well, when you get saved, does the Spirit of God come into your heart? Oh, yeah. The Holy Spirit? Oh, yeah, He comes to your heart. I said, uh, but you don't believe that, that uh, He'll show you supernatural things that's going to happen tomorrow? No. You don't believe He'll talk to you? No. You don't believe He'll use you to heal somebody? No. I said, so what's He doing? If He's in you, what's He there for? I mean, you know what I'm saying? If, he's, if, you're, if you've got the most powerful being in the universe living in you right now, what do you think he wants to do through you today? A lot of spiritual things, right? Now, they, they may even be natural things, 
But if they're initiated from the realm of the spirit, they are spiritual things, right? So if he tells you to go feed somebody, that's a spiritual act, even though it, it manifests, manifests itself. In the natural realm, it's a spiritual act because it's motivated by the spirit. So what happens so often in, in the church is we just we want to forget the spirit and just only be motivated by the natural realm. So no matter who needs help, well, we're going to help everybody. We're the church that helps people. See, I, I don't really want to say that because it almost sounds like, you mean you're not the church that helps people? Well, you know, I don't want to say that either, right? We're the church that hears from God. You know, and so, well, are you going to help me or not? We'll find out. Knock on the door, we'll let you know. Amen? Because we don't make a law. If you make a law, then what you're saying is, we help people no matter how, what they do when they come in this door, and so, Spirit of God, don't tell me what to do. Don't, don't give me any insight. Don't, don't tell me, well, that person's lying and don't help them because that person's already, you're the fifth church they've been to today. They've already been helped uh, the five other times. They're just collecting money and they're going to take it down and go do something else with that money or take the stuff from you and go sell it and go do something they ought not do. Uh, now, just because they walk in the door, I'm not, uh, I'm not going to be suspicious of people either, uh, but I'm going to hear from heaven. So when, when we, uh, if we become naturally minded, we are hostile towards the Lord. So uh, that's a warning to all of us, amen, that if, if our lives get so consumed by natural things without uh, being motivated by the spirit realm, then uh, we will become hostile towards the Lord. And, a lot, and that, that's what happens to a lot of the church is, uh, you know, they don't get mad, they don't, they don't get upset at, at something, uh, you know, doctrine or something, or, you know, something the pastor said. Uh, they just kind of fade away. You ever seen people just fade away from church? And a lot of times what happens is they just get so busy, busy, busy with their world that their natural world just kind of consumes their spirit world and there's no spirit world left, and, and they just, well, there's no point in going to church. And I hear people say that, you know, what's the point of going to church? And I think that's just so sad that people would get to that point. I, I mean, you, you're, not, you're not excited to go to church. You're not looking forward to church. You're not looking forward to what, what you're going to hear or that you're going to get to pray and, or, or sing and be in the presence of the Lord or have hands laid on you or, or you know, see some move of God. You're not excited about it. No, it's just, what's the point? And, and, and so they become hostile towards the spirit, right? To be spiritually minded is enmity against God, right? Against his move. And it says, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. The natural mind cannot be subjected to the law of God. It's its own king. Uh, and that, that's a tough place to be, right? And yet this is written to who? It's written to the church, right? So again, this is not something that, that uh, well, not to be beat up on for sure. It's a warning, right? If this can happen to anybody, it could happen to you. Uh, and the best thing is not to say, well, I, I would never do that. You know, that's kind of almost prideful to say that. Uh, the better approach is, Lord, help me to make sure I never get there. Warn me if I start down that path. Uh, you know, uh, kick me in the, in the shin or something if, if I am too carnal more carnal or naturally minded than I should be. You know, and so work with the Lord in that. Help, ask the Lord to help you in that. And he will, amen? Uh, he'll show you the balance. There, again, where do we live? We live in this natural world, right? So there has to be a balance. Can't, you can't throw out uh, the spirit without the natural. Can't have the natural without the spirit. Uh, we live in the natural. We need to be motivated by the spirit. Uh, and the, the motivation of the spirit will show us what natural things to do, amen? Uh, and look, doesn't mean you can't enjoy life. I think if you're spiritually minded, there's a lot of things you can just enjoy. Just, you know, going places, doing things, owning stuff. You know, there's no, there's no uh, hindrance to any of those things in the Word of God. The problem is when, when all those things consume us, right? Uh, I know one person who got, they came into some money, uh, and, um, and so they went and bought a houseboat. Well, does the Lord care that you buy a houseboat? Well, I don't think He cares that you buy a houseboat. I mean, does He care that you buy a house? Well, no. I mean, He said in Matthew chapter 6, you know, that'd be perfectly fine to do that. So if you can't have a house, can you have a houseboat? Well, I mean, I don't know any book, chapter, and verse against it, do you? So I don't think there's anything wrong with it. But what happens, they got a houseboat last time. That's the last time we saw them at church. They just, well, it's Sunday's the best day to go on the houseboat because the water's smooth, right? Nobody's boating because everybody else is in church. It's the best time to go on the houseboat is on Sunday. So they quit coming to church. Well, see, now that has become hostile towards the Lord, right? That's elevating natural things above the Lord. 
Uh, and so what's the balance? Well, the balance is to hear from, hear from heaven. Amen. The balance is to always elevate the things of the spirit and he will inform you the things to do in the, in the natural world. And if you start getting uh, too out of balance, you know, uh, uh, back, um, uh, back before, well, it was just before uh, 2020, um, uh, during the election there, uh, when uh, President Biden was elected, the Lord rebuked me because I was getting all consumed in news. I love listening to news, watching the news, you know. But I'd start arguing with the news, right? Anybody ever do that? You know, I can't believe they did that. You know, why are you saying that? Uh, nobody in here has ever done anything like that, right? <clears throat> and, and so, um, and, and the Lord, uh, the Lord rebuked me. You, you've been consumed by that too much. You've got to back off. Because uh, I was allowing that to consume me, natural things, right? Because it, it, at the end of the day, it's just a natural position. Amen. I, I believe it should be ordained of God and the Lord wants to put his person that he wants to in, in the office if the church will, will connect with him. Uh, oftentimes the church wants the person in, in the office that they want in the office and not who the Lord wants in the office. And if we would only elect people that the Lord wants in the office, uh, everything would be better. Amen. Uh, and so, uh, but I got consumed with that and I just turned it off. I mean, it just, uh, and, and Chris, you know, sang the praises to the Lord after that. Because uh, I would turn on the news and she'd just get up and leave. You know, she's like, don't you want to watch the news? They're going to debate. You know, they're going to argue about stuff. All they do is argue. Well, I know that's that's the good part about it, right? And she didn't like all the arguing and stuff. Uh, and, and the Lord rebuked me. He didn't rebuke her. He rebuked me. Uh, and uh, he should have rebuked her too, because she should have been interested in that. You know, she's. She, you know, I go watch six hours of news and she says, "Well, give me the twenty second rundown of that." Well, this happened. Okay, that's all I know. Uh, and and uh, but he didn't rebuke her. He rebuked me. Why? Because I was becoming carnally minded in that area. And see, if you're not careful, that will consume you, and then you will become a political church. All you talk about is who to vote for, who not to vote for, you know. And look, I mean, in my simple mind, those things should be obvious. They're not obvious. It should be obvious who to vote for, who not to vote for, right? Number one, don't vote for people who want to murder babies. That should be a pretty easy thing, right? Don't murder, uh, I want to murder babies. Well, who's going to sign up for that, right? And who in the church would ever, would ever vote for something like that, you know? But, but see, that's not, that's not good. The po politics, that's just, you know, honoring the life that the Lord created. Uh, and, but, you know, we don't get a whole lot of that, amen? Because if you're not careful, see, even in a church in my ministering, I could become carnally minded and only talk about natural things. Let's go back in the Old Testament. Let's look at the kings. Let's look at, the, uh, let's look at the, all the begats or who begat who and get into genealogies and, and talk about just being nice and being kind and, and just be carnal. Uh, and, um, you know, suck all the life out of the church. And how many churches are only carnal churches? Naturally-minded churches, right? And never talk about the realm of the Spirit. Never talk about your heart. Never talk about being led by the Spirit of God. Never talk about hearing from heaven. Only talking about what do we do? What do we, what do we, think, what are we going to do this weekend? And some churches, uh, their, their motivation is, I've got to keep all of you all busy so you'll stay here at the church. I'm going to fill our, fill our church up with, with things and events and natural stuff. And, you know, they, they may be helping people, but the motivation is to keep you all in the natural realm, to keep you busy. Uh, and see, uh, to me, that would be manipulation. I, I, you know, I don't, I don't want to manipulate you to stay. And, I'm, you know, I, to me, it's you stay if the Spirit of God tells you to stay, and that's it. Uh, and so uh, we do some natural things. We do some things to assist the, the community, and I think that's fine. But there has to be a balance in that, amen? And uh, because if we become a carnal church, right? Not, so it's not a sinful church, it's a natural church. Yeah, and Brother Randy, the way he always said, he said, uh, we end up just doing a book report, right? Well, you know, this, this uh, book of Philippians was written in, you know, 60 AD by Paul when he was in a Roman jail. And then we talked, spent an hour talking about Roman jails and, and then the, the political, you know, how the political system worked in, in Rome and, I know some of those things, I do study some of those things to, to inform the background of some of these uh, doctrines that Paul teaches, but we don't spend a lot of time on it because it, it would be easy to spend all the time on that, right? It'd be easy to spend all the time on the natural things. So uh, the thing that, to me, that, that's the most important thing in this verse is, is verse, uh, is the middle of verse 7 there, the carnal mind is enmity against God and is not subject to the, God, to the law of God, neither indeed can be, for then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. So again, in the natural, if you, if you remain in the natural, you cannot please God. Now, and, and, and on the outside, 
you may not be able to look at that person and, and list any particular sin that they're committing. They may, not be do, they may not be doing any adultery, may not be doing any fornication, may not be stealing, may not be lying, may not be telling vulgar jokes. They just may just be naturally minded people. And the Lord said, you cannot please God that way. And that's pretty tough, right? So it's a warning to us to make sure that, that we don't just get consumed with the natural world, that we make sure we stay uh, in, in the spirit world. Uh, and um, just real quick before we go, I want to read a few of uh, uh, verse 6 there where it says, uh, minding the things of the flesh uh, or minding things of the spirit in a few translations. Uh, one, uh, I'll read it in King James first. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. One translation says, for the wisdom of the flesh is death, but the wisdom of the spirit is life and peace. Uh, one translation says, for what is preferred by the flesh is death, whereas what is preferred by the spirit is life and peace. Uh, one says, obsession with self in these matters is a dead end. Attention to God leads us out into the open, into a spacious and free life. I like that one there. Uh, that's the message uh, Bible, right? That they always take a lot of uh, poetic license, it seems like. Uh, if your sinful old self is the boss over your mind, it leads to death. But if the Holy Spirit is the boss over your mind, it leads to life and peace. And that, that's actually a pretty good way to say that, right? If your sinful old self is the boss over your mind, it leads to death. But if the Holy Spirit is the boss over your mind, it leads to life and peace. And one says, the mind of the selfish person is filled with death, but the mind governed by the principles of the spirit of truth and love is filled with life and peace. And the last one, it says, a mind focused on the flesh is doomed to death, but a mind focused on the spirit will find full life and complete peace. And so if we will focus our minds on the realm of the spirit, we will find full life and complete peace. So that's a pretty good deal, I think, right? Uh, and so it, uh, can we improve uh, where we're at today? Well, probably all of us can improve in that area. Uh, and, um, you know, I think a lot of people that you never hear from, are some of those spiritual oh, right? Their mind is on the things of the spirit and they're not flashy. They're not, you know, uh, they're not running everything but they're just good people and, uh, you know, they live a good life, live a life of, uh, of, of uh, uh, filled with spirit, amen? Uh, and so uh, in, in this whole discussion here, the thing that you have to appreciate is you cannot measure this by what you do in, in the natural realm, amen? Uh, because there's, there's nothing in here that's in, inherently sinful. It's just what is your focus, amen? Two people could, uh, one person could be feeding all the, all the hungry and clothing all the naked and be completely carnally minded. The next person could be feeding all the hungry and clothing all the naked and be completely spiritually minded. So you can't tell from the realm, of the, you can't tell from the natural realm. You can usually tell when you talk to them because all they care about is the natural realm, right? Uh, and and um, I, I was talking with somebody at church one time uh, and, you know, I'd known this person for years and, it, and, and there was just a season where every time we talked to them, they would just talk about whatever hammer, nails, paint, whatever, you know, just, and, and it was, and they always, they always controlled the entire conversation. And after a while, I was, I was just, I was just, uh, went up and said hi to him at church, and they started talking, and all, just all I could hear was just blah, 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 blah. And I just walked away, because like, they, they never wanted to say, hey, the word is good, hey, the Lord showed me this, hey, it was never a testimony of how good God was, it was always just uh, everything they were doing, right? Uh, and they were just, and they, can, they always control the whole conversation. And people that do that can be exhausting to, to talk to after a while because you can't even just say, how's it going? You know, uh, they just consume all the oxygen in the room. Uh, and so, uh, but uh, Paul said that the, the, those that had left the church are these people, right? That they got so carnally minded that, that ended up costing them their spiritual life. That's pretty serious, right? Because when you start out being hostile towards God, you're not careful, you'll end up being so hostile towards God, you'll walk away from him. Amen. Uh, and so it's a warning to all of us. Amen. Uh, and um, it's, it's easy to avoid it because if you, if you care what the Spirit of God thinks, he will tell you, turn that TV off. But Lord, they're debating. The debate, the big debate's on tonight. Turn it off. And Chris is like, yes. You know, and so <laughs> uh, she's right there with the Spirit of God. Amen. Uh, and so uh, and look, uh, there's nothing spiritual or unspiritual about watching the debates, amen? 
Uh, and so uh, it's not about that. It's about what are you mindful of? Amen. So let's pray and thank the Lord for his word today. So Father, we thank you for the word of God. We thank you for the blessings of heaven. And Father, we, we desire to find that balance in our life, the balance between the spirit realm and the natural realm. Father, you created both realms. And so there's nothing inherently evil in either realm. Father, uh, you've created us to live in both realms. And so we want to be informed by your spirit about how we should live in this natural realm. And if we can do that, uh, Father, then we will find the balance that you desire of us. And then we will become spiritually minded. And we thank you for that, Father. We give you the praise and the, the honor for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, all right. Well, let's, let's uh, get ready to receive this evening's offering. Amen. I don't think we stepped on any toes tonight, did we? Right. So you all got 10 more toes, you know, so, yeah. <laughs> Chris, Chris owns some uh, steel-toed shoes, right? So, yeah. Yeah. All right, come ahead, Mr. Jared, receive the offering. And um, let's see, uh, well, nothing else going on in July, so August will come around. We'll uh, see uh, Brother Randy come in September, will be with us, uh, be uh, Marilyn Neubauer, and our trip to uh, Ireland. Uh, and um, I guess then we'll, sometime we'll have our church meal too, right? Probably when Brother Randy's here. Yeah, so he likes good Southern cooking. He's a good Georgia fellow there. We don't really hold that against him, but... Um, so it's always good to see him. All right, praise God. Uh, when's our next uh, prayer? It'll be um, not this Friday, but the next. Okay, so a week from Friday? I think it's week. August 2nd. Okay, August 2nd. So August 3rd, the 4th. Is the, the first Friday of August? Yeah. That's when it is, okay. The 4th, it's the 4th, all right. 4th it is. All right, well, that'll be the 4th uh, prayer night. So all right, we'll be blessed, and we'll see you all on Sunday.